On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I have guest Colby Huffman, 2012 Indiana PGA Professional of the Year. Uh, he Colby is uh, just a wealth of information. This was one of our favorite interviews of all time. Um, brings a lot of great background in coaching golf, golf swing. Uh, tells a little bit of stories that he had with David Ledbetter, Hank Haney, Tiger Woods. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a whole lot of fun to talk to Colby. Colby and I played golf together at Carmel High School. Um, but to hear about his career and how he's grown and continued his passion in the game has been a whole lot of fun. And there's just some great tips that I think, uh, whether you're an amateur or a professional or an aspiring professional, um, I think uh, we pull a little bit about out of Colby for um, for some free tips, and it's a whole lot of fun. So check it out. Hope you guys enjoy this one. And uh, um, here we go. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of season two of the Faded Golf Podcast. I am Mark Julien, joined as always with Mr. John Falkenberg. John, how are you today? Lovely, lovely, Good, excited sir, to you? talk to our guest. We have PGA teaching professional Colby Huffman on the show. Colby, welcome. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Appreciate you joining us. Welcome. Um, Absolutely. Quick, quick background on Colby. How, uh, he's been uh, what Indiana PGA Teaching Professional of the Year. He's uh, coached a number of college, helped coach a number of college uh, teams here in Indiana. He's worked with Hank Haney. He's worked with David Ledbetter. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, you sent me your bio. And you're like, hey, here's the most latest bio. And I was like, dude, I that could be the whole podcast if I read that. Whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been. Hey, hey, and you're missing, Mark, What's you're that? missing the most important accolade. Former well, teammate. Yes, sorry. Absolutely. Correct. Carmel and, High School. taught me everything I know. So. Carmel Greyhound golf team teammate. Uh, exactly. Circa class of 95. Um, yes. PDQ. And, uh, PDQ, Phil, man. Phil Quillen. Phil Quillen. Yeah. Golf coach Phil Quillen. Shout and, out to you, Coach Phil if he's listening. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Coach Phil uh, and Don Huffer if they're out there. And, yeah, Don um, <laughs> and Ken Kelly, right? Oh my God, Ken Kelly. That's right. Yeah, Ken Kelly. I can't believe he took over as head coach after all that. Um, yeah, he was did good. Uh, they, did, they did good for a long time. Yeah, they them. did. Yeah. They did. Uh, PDQ probably had some of the worst dad jokes on the planet. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the, my you remember the first one? one that I remember. That's probably why I remember it. Um, we're we're out of Brookshire, and we get down to like the first green playing with him, and that might have been David Craig or something too. And um, and we get down to the green, and they had just like fertilized the green with like a granular fertilizer, which you almost never see that today on a <laughs> golf course, right? But it was yeah. a granular fertilizer on the green, and it, you know it was. It was obviously like the spring, so it was Pacers uh, playoff type thing. And he's like, you know how Patrick Ewing got so big, don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. He's like, he used to walk around on greens like this barefoot. And I'm like, <laughs> is that even a joke? Like, what is that? Like, am I supposed to laugh? 
It was one. It was. It was oh, so classic. bad. It uh. was so bad that he was. Phil would go out there and he would beat us, and it would piss me off so much. Oh yeah, um, with like he, two clubs. He would he do would, like a would, six iron yeah. and a putter, basically, and, and, and shoot like would, thirty-eight or nine. <laughs> right, he would easily shoot uh, maybe par or maybe a, yeah, a couple couple over with like yeah. two clubs, and he would it would just and he loved to do it just to freaking get under your skin. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but he was a and that dude. You want to talk about one of the craziest bat freaking drivers of all time. <laughs> I, 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 there was, I think it was after our senior year, that was the last year he was allowed to drive people to matches. They had then, oh, then really? like, no, 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 no. Oh, I thought you were talking about golf. No, so like, that, where are you the, day, the coaches oh. would drive us, you know, like our away matches and in, you know, in a van, like it was like the school van. And this dude would drive like 80 miles an hour, passing people on two lane roads, like just crazy. <laughs> and uh, I think the year after that, because somebody's mom probably, you know, some kid was like, oh, yeah, we almost died today. And some mom called in, so, you know, they had to have like bus drivers taking them everywhere. But um, <laughs> hey, hey, for the I record, mean, I, sorry, I mean, for the know, record, I, Phil, if you're sorry, out there listening, I only remember you driving the speed limit. And uh, never doing anything <laughs> properly. <laughs> hey, you know what? Bye, I don't know bygones what be bygones. I mean, at this point, right? I, hey, I never had anything against it. Not a big deal. That's funny. I mean, I I I think it still goes on because, Mark, as I've told you, I I have to drive. Uh, oh, okay. I help coach at Westfield High School, uh, the golf team, and um, I've got to yeah. drive these sh- short buses. And they're terrible. And they're, they, dude, they can't get over 75. Yeah. I mean, they cannot yeah. go fast. I don't know. They just don't. So maybe that's turbo boost. what he needed. Just yeah. to be able to that's so yeah, funny. Something his restrictive. his grandson actually ended up playing at uh, IUPUI. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And it was a, is a, you know, really, was a really good player there. Um, but, yeah, so it was funny because we were just talking and he, he had no idea. We had no idea. We hadn't made the connection yet. And all of a sudden he was, we were talking and he just said, yeah, my grandfather was a coach. And I was aware he's a Carmel. And he didn't realize I went to Carmel. He's oh, like, yeah, Phil Quillen. I was like, oh cool. man. Yeah. Col- Colby, I'm looking. So Mark, or you'd sent this out. I'm looking at yeah. your background in golf. Oh my God. Could you kind of pair, could you kind of like, Start off with just like going over your background in golf yeah. and your, you know, and we're reminiscing already about, you know, Mark's glory years at Carmel when he played golf. Yeah. But I want to hear just about you and like, like, you know, my goodness. Oh my God. We I, could I mean, spit a whole pot on this. You know, right. I mean, Mark saw I mean, it like when I was in high school and junior high, I mean, even in junior high, for whatever reason, it was just, I had the bug and, you know, I'd, wake up in the spring even before the bus would come and I'd go play a few holes I'd go chip in my yard and I'd get off the bus and I'd go practice it was just something not even like that I wanted to do it was more just like I had to do it and for whatever reason I don't know but uh, it's just what I did Um, and uh, so yeah I just you know just what I kept doing and, and went to Purdue and had a decent team and then played for maybe three years on the on the mini tours. And at one point I was at the Ledbetter Academy taking lessons and there was this 12 year old girl. It was Michelle. Wee, uh, and she was hitting like a, 
you know, I think it was a 7.5 loft, like a extra stiff shaft. It was this Fujikura shaft and she was just pumping it over the net, like where I could barely fly it to. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 24. I'm lifting weights every day. Yeah, here's this little girl just like, you know, and I saw that go, you know, this girl go from 12, 13, 14 years old to where she was, I mean, she beat some men on the PGA tour that had won majors and stuff like that. And, uh, so that's when I got into teaching. <laughs> so, you know, and then uh, from there, I just um, kind of took that same passion and joy of it and, and just went all in. It was before kids. So I could stay in the video room there at the Ledbetter Academy and just learn all the drills, look at all the top players and just, you know, geek out on that stuff for, I don't know, six, eight years. And then uh, basically the guy who was coaching Michelle uh, is Gary Gilchrist and um, kind of led, led came in cause it was his Academy and said, all right, thanks. I'm going to be, you know, taking over. And uh, we we're, we kind of just thought, okay, it's time to, we're going to kind of lose our students. I mean, he, it was his Academy. He had every right to do that. So we kind of decided to go up to Hilton head and did a, good job there. And then all of a sudden we get a call one day said, uh, well, Hank Haney's going to be the, the new owner, part owner of this Academy. And, um, which was cool because at the time Tiger was at like the peak of his career, as far as winning percentage. I mean, Tiger was winning like every yeah. other tournament. Yeah. And, uh, so then, yeah, I stayed there for under Hank for another, uh, from basically 06 to 09. And, uh, that, that was pretty cool. Cause he would, take me and two other lead instructors um, of his and we'd go to PJ tour events and I've got to see close up him teach and coach tiger and, and just, just, you know, semi be a part of that. I mean, it was very clear at the start that my position was not to uh, advise tiger in any way, shape or form and to <laughs> run everything, <laughs> run everything off by hand. <laughs> Yeah, you were to observe. Yeah. You were to observe ideas with Hank, but not <laughs> exactly. with Tiger. Do not. Yes. Yeah. The last thing you needed was like a, you know, some and, some peanut gallery going. Get your elbow up. Would <laughs> 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 yeah. So when was two thousand six, seven, eight, nine? Um, yeah. It was pretty neat because uh, there was a time even uh, where we went. Hank took us over to Augusta, and uh, you know we kind of would wander around other players, but there were times where it was just myself and Hank and tiger basically. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. And that was the time. That was the time when tiger was oh, in yeah. Messiah complex mode, right. Where he think he could do yeah. everything. I mean, how was he like, was he just, was he yeah, oh, very cordial? Okay. Was he, okay? Just, was he it was, uh, time to or? get down to business. Um, I, I had, been around him in the junior circuits enough to know he isn't going to, you know, he didn't want to strike up a conversation. There's one story about him at the U S junior, I think. And, uh, it, it was basically, uh, I think Raymond Floyd's son asked him, say, Hey tiger, you want to come hang with us? Maybe go see a movie. He goes, no, I'm going to the hotel, going to get some sleep so I can kick your guy's ass tomorrow. <laughs> so I kind of <laughs> knew that, 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 hey, when it was, when the, you know, the game, when it was game time, it was, it was game time. I mean, we never, uh, so I, I never even, you know, uh, tried to really strike up a conversation outside of, 
you know what I mean? It was just kind of like I was around him when it was time to concentrate type of thing. But yeah. Well, you play. You played in some yeah. AJGA events, correct? Growing up. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. I remember. Uh, Did you play any of those, Mark? I I played some of route? the Indiana stuff, but I never played yeah. any of the national events. And because Tiger's only a year yeah. older than us, so that doesn't surprise right. me that you cross paths with him at some point. Yeah, that's yeah, um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, so you, so then, so that you were down south, no kids, no family thing going on or anything at that time and then what brought you back to indiana uh basically the opportunity to play again so there was a teaching job in chicago where i could teach for six months and then go play the mini tours for six months and then i met my wife in chicago and uh and then um we got married and and she's she was in medical school at the time and her residency was actually in jacksonville florida so then she got done with the residency and we had our first child and moved back to to family here in Indy, Carmel, yep. North Side. Yeah. And um, yeah, kind of just uh, been teaching and coaching around here since, and okay. uh, raising the raising the kiddos. But uh, yeah. so you got yeah. So I'm actually where, where I'm on staff. I do a couple of things. I'm on staff uh, on the sport performance side with IEPUI. So I, I work with all the sports in the areas of sports psychology, focus, um, you know, goal setting, stuff like that. And, uh, and then I, I have uh, the rights to the Golf Channel Academies in central Indiana. So I have one at Woodwind and then one over at uh, just starting up at Swing Science, which is a um, little building um, just on the north side. But uh, that that there are 80 some locations of these golf channel academies. Um, and that basically they, they chose me out of a bunch of people to do this thing. And, and so I go down to Orlando studios a couple times a year and do tips of the week and, and, you know, tip of the day type of stuff. Um, so do they record coach? So they, yeah. so they have you like record like 60 tips, like all in like one setting. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have me change and they, shirts, and it, yeah, yeah it's supposed to look like I. It's yeah, and then it's they look yeah. like it's like the tip of the week, but it ends up being like the tip of the minute. And, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they pump it out on social media as yeah, you know, as the season applies. If I gave a, you know, whatever winter tip, they you know things to do inside. They let that they post that on social media in the in the you know off season and. um you know, vice versa, whatever it is. But, but yeah, you know, that's one thing we were talking about earlier is uh, the guys now with, with this coronavirus, they've always had, at least the top players have always had a plan for their year. They know how they're going to prepare, let's say for the, for the the masters, they're going to hit, you know, high fades with their irons into the greens to hold it. They're going to hit draws off the tee for 13 and mm-hmm. they, they have a shots they're going to do. And, pre, you know, they work on that. And so now they have no idea what, when their next tournament is, where it's going to be. So I, I am a well, little so, curious as to. So they're, they're going practicing. into it dark, just like the rest of us, just like, like the rest of us. So now they're there's like, <laughs> like, just show yeah. up, you know, <laughs> exactly. put a mark on your ball. And try yeah. to play whatever shot you got that day. Um, exactly. You know, yep. I'm. Oh, I'm kind of pulling it today. I'm gonna have to aim right. Aim, a little, aim a little right. Yeah. 
they're playing like uh, the guys that are at you know 125 of the money list that they don't know if they're in or out each week, and so they just have to. Yeah. All right, just just kind but, of show up. Hope hope the putter's hot, right? I mean, right. Yeah. Aim <laughs> aim aim for the middle of greens. See what happens. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I think that's I, I, you know I, I still I. I, I'm Mark and I are just sports fanatics and we're always looking every day. It's like, how could it start? How could things get back going again? And, you know, golf, we've talked about this on another podcast. They kind of missed out on an opportunity with being able to be the, they could have probably been the only professional. I know it. Yeah. That could have been airing still uh, because they don't touch each other. There's not contact. They can stay, they can social distance and you could have a few cameramen out there that could social distance. And, you know, maybe they'd had to use a, uh, yeah, well, a push cart yeah. or carry their own bag. I, you know, so they wouldn't have a caddy, you know, something like that. But we were talking like, we, we really thought professional golf missed an opportunity here because I think they could have stayed safe because they're allowed right. to golf here. I, I would only think, and this they're is after reflecting back California. on that conversation a little bit, John, I, the only thing I could, the only conclusion I could come to, it wasn't about actually playing the sport as much as it was about the production, right? So all of those camera people and production people and announcers, and all that, that setup just totally had to be, you know, different and would have to be, uh, it just wouldn't be the same. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't be able to have as many camera people and it just, a lot of things would need to change. And I, I actually think like if they're going to do, let's say for example, this tiger Phil, um, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning match, like let that that's rumored for may. I mean, think about that. You're only following one group. And so you need limited number of cameras really just following these guys um, and, uh, obviously just a, a limited number of people calling it and those kind of things. You, you pair it down a little bit. It probably make, it can make sense, but, but can they, but are, but uh, I'll but tell how you many people tell you what, at the golf channel, even when it's just me so I, and I'm in the studio, there are maybe 10 people in black shirts all around controlling lighting cameras. And then you have a whole nother group back in a in the studio with, you know, a whole bunch of screens and it's all right, go to camera two, go to camera one. So everyone's in real close and it's just to get different views because they obviously need more people as I butchered the thing as I go along, but, you know, know, but the reality is that um, (laughs) the way they do it, they cram in these trailers. I mean, it's like 20 people. They're all like shoulder to shoulder sitting at these desks and, and, you know, somebody's going, all right, camera two, all right, zoom in on that. All right, camera one, come back, cut. You know, we're going to go to this right after yeah. that. But so I think you could – you wouldn't need that many people. It was just, you know, Tiger Phil. Um, so it seems very doable. It would, do, it would yeah. look a lot more like like the world of golf, right? Right, right, kind of yes. Deal. So yeah. I think we just lost – I think we lost John or me. Yeah, we lost. Oh, yeah, him I can something. hear. Huh? Yeah, we lost. Yeah, him. I can hear you. Um. Anyway, I'm sure he'll be back. Maybe um, I'll come back. <laughs> but uh, I did see the PGA. Did you see the PGA? Um, just announced today they were looking into doing something with with no fans. That was something that they could consider. 
uh, I, it was just on an ESPN article. I don't know. Well, I I, to that. me, I, I feel like that's got to be the way almost any sports comes back. So I saw an article, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but like the Chinese baseball league. Welcome well, back, she John. Well, she um, there you go. Hey, buddy. Um, but uh, the, the Chinese baseball league came back and played a game, and they had no fans. And, and I, I do feel like what's – going to be part of this is that we might see some sports come back and there's going to be obviously all these extra precautions and precautions and such. Um, but the, uh, I, I have a feeling we may not see fans actually attending anything possibly even until Augusta. Yeah. Um, so that's true. It's, yeah, it's you kind know, of crazy. Another option, uh, a technology that Fox sports was trying out, Almost two years ago now, they had a test market at the PGA of uh, people who were watching the major championship with um, virtual reality goggles. And Mm -hmm. the cameras were on the signs that, that, you know, sign boy carries around down the middle of the fairway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there were 360 cameras on you know, sign boy, you know, on, on the sign. So, so you literally, if you want to look like in the middle of the fairway, you look down at Jordan Spieth's clubs, you could look down. If you look over to the pin, Dude, you know, your head return. it was unbelievable. And so the next step was going to be um, to do it at Augusta, but I think cost and obviously it hasn't taken off, but that would be like, could you imagine being like on number 12 in the middle of a, you know, at, at Augusta, like in, just in the like, middle of the fairway, in the ropes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. looking yeah. around. And they said the guy that was telling me um, was part of this test market, and he said this: the demo was so real that they have these people like they have them start uh, at the top of a building in this demo. So they're looking in their you know virtual reality goggles and you look out you're at the top of the building and they know they're in this room but it looks like you're at the top of the building they say look down and then you see the street down below and and they say okay take a step forward and my buddy is like he he's like i couldn't do it it was so clear and so real life and i knew i was in this room <laughs> that i couldn't i couldn't go forward and so i just could imagine that that would be a really neat uh viewing experience for a you know especially at, at the masters or whatever, if they could get that going. Um, you know, it's one of those that, you know, do you, it's like some NFL football games. You almost wonder if it's better to stay home and watch it on TV I, than, than I, being there. You know, I, I'm okay with fans not being there, but like sports, like major league baseball, they can't sustain, like the players will have to take huge salary cuts if they yeah, don't have fans right. there. And yeah. most of the players, a lot of the big time players, they just won't they won't play if they're going to take true. a big cut. Yeah. So you know that's that's it 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 sucks. Yeah. But I think basketball would be okay. They don't. I don't think they need. I mean, no one goes to the games anyways. Usually, <laughs> the so you know, I think yeah. they'd be fine. And and then golf, man, golf would be okay. Yeah, golf could kind of do it. Yeah, if you, kinda, but like yeah. you guys were saying, though, it was like you got you, you have to somehow limit the production, and it'd be like the, you know, like the reruns. Like Mark and I were watching the '86 Masters last week, <laughs> and and you know they have like five cameras, and they use them for yeah. two different holes. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, for I mean, years, for years, we never saw the front nine. 
Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, you That's didn't, crazy. you didn't really start seeing the front nine until the, the tiger era, you know, they might be like a, there might be some guy that was following tiger on foot on the front nine, but they didn't have any, um, you know, cameras set up permanently on any of those other greens. Well, shit. Now every shot is recorded at Augusta, you know? So yeah. it's, uh, it, yeah, the technology is obviously, I think they can, it's almost like they do take a step backwards and it, it becomes a little bit more simpler. Um, it's going to feel probably more like social media amateur hour to a degree, but the way I look at it is I think people are so starved for entertainment at this point. Like that's better than watching. What did you watch? Uh, like NBA players playing video. I didn't NBA watch basketball or something the other day. I didn't I watch know. it. I flipped to ESPN and they were had NBA players playing video games of themselves. And I was like, oh my God. This is as good oh, as it gets. I know. It's, it's, well, you know, esports is so big. I don't know if you guys know much about it. And I I just keep hearing about it. Uh, maybe what, five years ago, my dad sent me an article about uh, the size of the the world championship at esports was bigger than the the Super Bowl. Uh, like the, as far as viewers, it was, they had more viewers than the Super Bowl and the World Series combined. Did you, have you seen that? Uh, yes. And I, I tell you what, um, it's, it's a very, it's a sleeper industry right now. And I think the, the, these young kids have got a huge opportunity to make a whole lot of money. Um, uh, what, what, what's interesting to me about the esports space though, there's, there's of course the games like NBA 2K and Madden and stuff that have just been around forever. And I think they're going to be good but i mean that kid that won like the Fortnite championship last year well i mean my kids have been on quarantine now for a month and they're already moving on to like the next game so i, yeah. I do kind of wonder um you know can can uh can these kids or can these professional essentially esports people move from game to game and be just as good as they were in something else. Um, I don't know. Um, That's true. Yeah, well, like if you're good at well, Fortnite, are you going to be good right. at you know, it's, whatever? It's basically yeah. like asking, hey, LeBron. It's like asking Michael Jordan, hey, we know you're great <laughs> at basketball. Let's go <laughs> try baseball, baseball out right, right now. And <laughs> That's really true. I it might not that. be the same. So I, I just kind of wonder That's if true. these kids can transition over and be as good as they were at Fortnite or whatever. So we'll have to well, see. We've That's also – Mark and I have also talked about – uh, so I have a golf simulator down in my basement. We've also talked about like, hey, you could make, especially during a time like this, it's about the only sport that can be somewhat replicated indoors. Yeah. Um, with a golf simulator, I've got the golf club, um, and it's got like eighty, ninety thousand courses, online nice. tournaments, and you know you could you could make that competitive where it's not just like you're doing stuff with just your hands. Like you actually have to swing a club. Yeah, no, that's true. You know? Have you seen I mean, what they're doing with in Korea with uh, indoor simulators and the leagues over there? I have it. I've got a Korean, I've got a Korean uh, 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 simulator. I just bought it. It's called Unicor. Okay. And you like it? I, I, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess they have a tour over there. For, it's just indoor simulator golf, and first their first prize in some of these events is a hundred thousand American dollars. Can you believe just simulator golf? 
<laughs> you show up. Well, low it, score. You know, yeah, we were hey, we grand. were talking we were talking about it though. And you know, you look at like even the games that you the golf games that are on your phone right now where you uh you essentially they match you up with somebody else across who knows the world and you play one golf hole as a match against them and you have a chance to win like you know magical coins in this game and we're like well what if you did what if you basically ponied up and bought you know virtual currency and you would just play these one hole matches against people across the world and and maybe you could turn in those coins for merch or something like that right like yeah. maybe titleist or callaway or somebody sponsors something and you get some stuff I, I, I there's definitely an angle and is that that thing you were talking about yeah. so the thing in south uh, south, south korea, korea yeah north korea so um were they do they have to show up to a spot where they're together or could they play like in a simulator separate i that you that's a good question i think they're all my first, my I, I don't know actually I don't know but my my thought was that they would all be together but I guess they could be anywhere but I would think you'd have to have some kind of regulation like you'd have maybe what you're playing for a hundred grand you probably need a you know the rules yeah. official everybody at the same place or yeah. you'd have a hacker or something get in there and I maybe not though I know on OptiShot like maybe when that thing first came out you could log on and that's just like a two hundred dollar you know simulator. That you could you could log on and play basically anybody around the world. Um, it was not for money or anything, but it was just kind of like, can you do that on yours, John? Now at all? Have you been able to play um, other people, or is that hooked up? Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, there's like online tournaments and all, but mm-hmm. I don't. The software that's really good at that that I haven't purchased yet. It's not doesn't I think the golf club what I have the software has the best golf courses, but E six has all these online tournaments. Okay. And yeah, you can play people live yeah. all the time. Gotcha. And it's it's a it's owned by um E six I think is owned by Pro T. Is that what um, it is? Yeah. Yeah, and they're 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 pretty well. We, we think there's something there. To, we definitely think there's yeah. something there. And with us all being isolated and stuff like that, who knows? But there's right. also these like simulator uh, places that are popping up, and I what can't remember the what's the name and the one in Carmel now, but um, there's yeah. uh, you know one of those simulator places. So I, I, to me, I think there's there's something there. Could be fun. Yeah. So do you uh, in the winter time? Do you do a lot of practice uh, and like um, obviously coaching and things like that in simulators? Um, somewhat. You know, uh, Riverside down you know, near the, the art museum, Indianapolis mm-hmm. art museum is always open. Actually it's closed right now because of, uh, because oh, of the Marion coronavirus. County's closed, yeah. Marion County's closed. Um, and they're actually, they're selling the course, but the range is staying open and that place. I, <laughs> I just love it because it is literally always open. They have, it could be three feet of snow out and they have <laughs> the heaters going. They have, you know, they got a yeah. bay with, video cameras from multiple angles and and so um so i go down there and and uh okay. that's where i do a decent amount of lessons in the, in the winter um if last winter i did a lot over at uh this place correct to compete um i had a bunch of juniors that uh i think we got up to like 100 students um just coaching groups of eight so you come in whatever your time slot was you know that 
if you were four to five on Monday or if you were, you know, seven to eight on Thursday. And, you know, I grouped them based on ability and age and then just train them and just have them work on, you know, fundamentals and, uh, you know, do as much as you can in the winter chip, but no hit work on your technique. Um, So what's your, what's your typical client, uh, juniors for the most part? Yeah. You know, um, the more that I can do groups of juniors, then that that's a little, uh, that's better for me as far as on the business side of it. Yeah. Capitalism. Is that what you're referring (laughs) to, Colby? And so, um, and then I do, you know, with the IUPUI students while they're in school, um, so it just kind of depends on what time of year, but uh, right now that's basically the, the main thing I'm doing is these online uh, sport performance sessions um, where that we just, you know, connect and talk about whether it's tennis and pre-serve routine and focus and, you know, just having strategies for how you're going to handle, you know, what ifs, like a lot of Olympians across sports go over what if scenarios with their coaches, like, what if, you know, I like to be there two hours before my event and the bus schedule from the Olympic Village is, you know, running every, you know, 15 minutes. So do I take this? But what if it's late? So I better take this, you know, just having, you know, every little detail dialed down for when this thing, when this coronavirus passes, just making sure that, hey, what if you start off bogey, 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 or what if you, you know, are late or, can you still have a good mindset? Can you still, um, you know, not let it bother you and, and, you know, be able to focus on the next shot and that type of stuff. But that's kind of the main thing uh, now, just because lessons I've done some video, I do some video lessons here and there. Um, I actually yeah. did drive down to Audi golf center on the South side. A buddy was uh, in need for some, for a tune in. Um, so when the Audi is open on the South side uh, for, for, Anyone that's so, down there can go hit. Yeah. So you've written a, a few books um, as it relates to kind of this mental side of the game. Um, I think it's really interesting that you're, you talk to a lot of these kids about this stuff. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, what's in those books and kind of, you can, you can go ahead and pump sure. yourself up a little bit and tell people where <laughs> they can find them. Um, sure. So if you go to Amazon and, you know, search Colby Huffman yeah. books that'll come up is that um, so, so basically for 10 years as I was doing some of that uh, I just kept track of everything. I kept track of how often we would chip, how often we would putt, you know, like it's like, and then I would look back each week and say, well, you know, we putted every day, but then at the tournament we didn't putt very good. So it's almost like we put it, we did it too much. So then, you'd, you know, you'd find, I found over time and keep a track of this stuff, the right number of kind of parameters. And it depends on your personality and depends on a lot of things. But um, when I was coaching, uh, I coached the South Korean girls national team. Um, they came over to work with Gary Gilchrist and Hank Haney. And while they were out with some of the tour players, I, I was kind of the main coach there. They'd come over for four months of the year and, I'd spend like three hours a day with these, with these girls and they, they never lost an international match for three years. So they were undefeated against, you know, all these other, you know, national teams. And so I just kept track. I was like, okay, well this week we hit drivers every day. And then, you know, they didn't drive it that well this week. We, you know, practiced driver, you know, three times 
um, and then drove it great. So, you know, over time it was kind of how many times did we shape shots? How many times did we, you know, do routines instead of just hitting a bunch of balls? I mean, everything was just really, really structured to that degree. So a lot of that in that book is like a textbook. It's like um, it's a way to do it. And it's very super detailed if, if people like that stuff. And I believe it would help anybody. But then if I were to show that to say Ernie Els, so Ernie would probably look at me and be like, yeah, Colby, that looks great, but I'm going to go drink a beer and, you know, shoot my 62 tomorrow and, you know, <laughs> drive my, you know, so it, it, you know, I'd be like, Ernie, you should really try this. No, it's great. You know, but there are a lot of people who, um, you know, it can be too much for some, but it's well, just, it's, it's an, so, so yeah. it's, it's, it's an analytical take on practice is what you're telling yeah. me and, and, how, yeah. and how that can help yeah. you mentally prepare because you are checking boxes X number, you know, and, and these kind yep. of routines, which can put you in the right mindset to be ready to play. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mark, you just, you remind me of, so I just want to bring, so I was, when I was reading your background, Colby, it's like, I can tell you, you're a smart guy, you're, you're what you're graduated with at Purdue and uh, your background and you were uh, academic All-American, right? I did, yeah, I got or, some oh, couple accolades, but along the way. But so, my, so my wife still thinks they were fake. But, but, what it, what, <laughs> but, but what it reminded me of is I was listening to it. And this is weird. This is a jump across, but it reminded me of an interview with David Faraday and Phil Mickelson. He goes, he goes, look, there's, you know, there's, Two really great golfer types. You're either extremely analytical and really smart, or you're really dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The in between, the in between are not very good golfers, and they're really dumb. Just go out there and just enjoy the game, and they freaking just hit shot. They're gonna look at the flag, hit it at it, and we all know probably the yeah, exactly. Brooks Kepka. And then you know Phil and. And Phil puts himself in the category of being really analytical and like, you know, what he like, how he likes to approach it. So, you know, I think your appeal is to a guy like him. Like he's going to think about every single facet part and be and, and analyze. So, has yeah. Bryson, you know, has you're, Bryson you're thinking about like very bone. peak improvement. Uh, you got your book yet. You know what? <laughs> I gave it to his caddy. Did you? Yeah. Right. And the week. Yeah. Yeah, really, but I gave it to his caddy on Monday <laughs> when he won the John Deere. I just yeah. you know happened to be over there. My in-laws live nearby. And then he, he won that week. But my guess is, and I never got any kind of response, so yeah. I guess he never even read it. But, yeah, he's probably like, I, but it was, book. I, I was won. just waiting for, hey, I he read, read this book. book. He read I never it. got it. So I don't know. You never know. <laughs> that's awesome. That's oh, fantastic. But, well, that's cool background oh, yeah. there. That's, that's great. What, so with you working with juniors and things like that, what, what do you see? John's coaching high school kids and things like that. What do you, what do you see that kids need to work on nowadays? I mean, we all watch pro golf and, or at least people that are into golf, I shouldn't say we all, but people that are into golf watch pro golf. And I think, there's this misconception because I've just seen it with kids that they just got to beat the crap out of the ball. What, what are you seeing with kids that they need to work on more or that they're doing way too much of? For, you know, for me, one is they need to 
work on their patience. Maybe by they need to spend a day with mom or dad at the you know the BMV and figure out how to actually <laughs> work on work on patience because if you can make it through places like that, you, you're gonna learn mm-hmm. learn a little bit of that because they all want instant results and they all want uh, you know they want to beat a bunch of balls on the range and and I think. And then, and then miraculously be in. like amazing, right? And go out yeah. and shoot under par tomorrow. Yeah. Do you, do Colby? Do you think? And I want to hear more of what you have to say about this. But do you think like I? It, I think Mark, Mark, and I have talked about this. It's just like me and Mark just know how to go out and game, and like try yes. to get the ball in the hole. It just it seems like they just a lot of the kids that I'm coaching, I run into. They're just it's all about almost yeah what Mark said being so long off the tee and like being these pretty shots and all that. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter. You, you got to get the ball yeah. in the hole. You got to figure out how to do that. In the best like way I will hear, it. Oh, it's, it's windy today. I don't want to go play because it'll mess up my swing. I <laughs> just <I'm> like, <laughs> what? What, is, what is that? <laughs> you know, like, okay, don't worry about your swing. The game is out there. Like go, you know, so I think, you know, if they can play holes and they can realize, you know, the benefits of delayed gratification and, and be okay with that. Just, just, you know, cause they just all want instant results. And if it's not there, it's like, well, I better go to the range and just kind of hit it until I get it. And it's like, okay, you got to just, you know, dance with the, you know, the, the girl you brought type of thing. But um, well, they think it's the reality of, yeah. of the generation right now too. So it's a really, I I think it's an interesting point and, and obviously observation you've kind of made in in recent generation is that we are this society of, um, I can order something online and it'll arrive tomorrow, you know, or if I, I can Google anything and have the answer within seconds. Right. So like, there's this, my, like, think about when we were kids and we'd sit around and we'd be like, Hey, do you remember the name of that guy with the whatever? And. Somebody might like think of it like an hour later or like a day later, you know, or, or, or you had to work or or you just like be like, ah, onto the next question. You know, like we, we learned patience because we had to versus like everything really is at at fingertips. And we also are in obviously, well, I mean, pre Corona, we're in pretty good economic times. And so we're also age of abundance to a degree as well. Right. Um, And so, I mean, when I grew up, you know, I mean, it wasn't like you got every new set of club every year and stuff like that. But I see these kids now, man. It's like they got new driver every year, a new <laughs> yeah. new wedges, right? Do you see this too? Oh yeah. What about you, John? Are you seeing? What are you seeing out there? What are you seeing the kids trying to bomb it and you know just instant results, uh, and they're not wanting to figure out how to get the ball in the hole. They just they just don't know how to like we had. We were the coaches that got together in January, February before all this shit happened. We're just like, what's like our mantra gonna be? We're like, just like yeah. love the ugly, embrace it because you know, for it, it's not yeah. always pretty to to win and you know to get things done. So that you know, things I see is just I see you know a lot of a couple range rats that just keep going out there and just working on their swing constantly but you know it's like yeah, dude you just play. need to play you need to compete you need to get in those situations yeah. exactly you just need to play and they're just I, I think mark was almost leaning into like 
a lot of what's it's it kind of it's society. I think. I mean, the kids, kids aren't to blame as much as a society just like making it. It's a little bit weaker because, you know, I look at, you know, how how do I approach like winning and and they 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 look at it different. It's like, well, I go get new clubs. I do this. I'm like, well. All these new clubs and all this shit you have at your fingertips doesn't achieve you getting number one right, at right. the golf tournament. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's like that's what you need to think. Is like, how yeah. do I do that? It, but they just oh, yeah. want to Google it or you know or instant yeah. instant gratification. It's it's tough. But we were we didn't like Mark. What yeah. you saying? We didn't. Have yeah, you want. Yeah. You wonder how we, we would be. I would like to think that we would be above that, but we'd probably be the right. in the same boat. I mean, it's kind yeah. of just your product cool. of. Well, what do you, you know, what do you say exactly. to, so let's go, I want to go back to a point you made earlier about, you know, you bogey the first three holes, you know, if you're coaching a kid today and you look at like the study that you had and trying to change the mentality of somebody, cause this is going to apply to anybody. John and I freaking got and bogey the three hole first three holes all the time. But <laughs> you know, like what, what do you say to that person or what advice do you give, I should say, give to somebody who, to try to like get in a better mindset even after coming out with a double or something like that? So I, I go with a couple concepts. One is determination, not frustration. So immediately after a double bogey, if you, if you can choose determinate, it's the same kind of, you know, energy, if you will. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're not feeling good about it, but it's like, all right, I can either be frustrated or I can be determined. So determination, not frustration. Mm -hmm. And then I try to reframe it a little bit like, well, okay, do you want to be weak or do you want to be strong? So everyone, Hey, you know, kids will usually say, I want to be strong. Okay. So then I say, well, if things bother you, is that a sign of, of weakness or is that a sign of strength or a sign of weakness? I'm like, okay, so then let's not whine about it, complain about it. Let's not make excuses because if you whine and complain about it, then, then those are, that means things bother you. And if things bother you, that's a sign of weakness. So let's eliminate signs of weakness. Let's, you know, choose to, to have it, uh, you know, choose to be strong. Let's choose to have uh, a focus and a determination on the next hole instead of frustration. Um, and just kind of framing, Hey, like, self-control is, is more of a, you know, strength. And that's a good thing rather than, you know, losing your temper and getting angry, which, you know, some kids feel stronger when they're angry and mad, but it's really, you know, if you can reframe it a little bit to a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. that, that usually hits home. Um, but yeah, that's great. I think that's a good point though. Like, I think it's called, like, if you can somehow, like you said, like rework that energy, into something like determination because you come off a double bogey, you're pissed. So there's an energy there, like focus it into something good instead of just, you know, pouting or whatever, or just saying, I'm going to have a shitty round and yeah. I'm going to shoot whatever. That's a, and if like you a ask lot, a lot that, of kids, is, if you good. ask a lot of kids that you say, all right, how much is that a choice? You know, a big majority will realize it's a choice and you can kind of just choose to, have determination rather than frustration, you, you know, but there's still some 10% go, I don't know. I, it's how do you do that? Well, okay. You got to choose. Well, how do I choose? I keep on getting mad and, and kind of, then you got to get kind of, yeah, you got to get a little in, bit. Yeah. You gotta, it, it, you, know, you, gotta, 
dive into the individual at that point. I yeah. know, you got to you bit, have to but, customize yeah. your approach to a degree. I, I get that, but I think your general point is though. You talk, about, I love this idea of talking about is it a strength or a weakness, and and how can you focus on being determined versus being frustrated? I just I love that. I love that you that's balancing and it's polarizing and it should be that your mentality should be polarizing. Yeah. Like you, you can make a decision to say, hey, I'm going to make this, you know, this disappointment on the last hole in the double bogey and, and put it into like, I'm going to focus that energy into determining yeah. or focusing. I'm going to have a better Yeah, and then I'll give them an example of, of, you know, like, okay, hey, did, you know, kind of demonstrate, hey, did Tiger Woods, you know, walk around with his shoulders slumped and then he won the Masters and now he always walks with his chin up, chest out, shoulders back, or, or, you know, which happened first. And they'll, oh, okay. Yeah. You gotta, you know, you still gotta, you've heard the same fake it till you make it. It's a little, you know, I don't like Mm -hmm. it. So if all you can do is fake it, that's probably better than not, but it's almost, you have to be it, you know, really, you know, like embrace kind of being a champion and focus on immediately what you have to do right on the next one, instead of what you did on the, on the last one. But enough, if you say enough, Things like that, you know, one of those kind of hits home. Um, it's kind of the Butch Harmon teaching philosophy is what I go with on the sports science, sports psychology side of it. Butch, when you get a lesson from him, he'll say like, you know, a hundred things. And if you leave, like Tiger would say, well, I was with Butch, he'd just talk the whole time. And about 95% of it, I'd kind of just disregard. And 5% was what I'd go win a major with. So you say enough <laughs> things like that to the to students and at least – at least something, on the sports psychology side of it. Yeah. Something sticks. Something you know? sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but, um, yeah. one of the other questions I had for you was, you know, you've obviously coached a lot of juniors and uh, you've coached some college players and things like that. And you've seen some that really stand out from the rest. What do you think uh, really sets apart some of these next and elite players and, and even the pros that maybe you've worked with and related with, what do you think sets them apart from the, even the good players or the better players? Uh, what, what about what sets apart these elite players? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always like the, the, the million dollar question. It, right. Some of it is like, you know, I've heard, I heard one player, Casey Wittenberg, who uh, won the USAM and, he had just a good response when someone asked him that he's like, you know, it's just kind of, if you're meant to be out here, you're just meant to be out here. It's just kind of one of those things that, you know, so some people will be out there because of more talent. Some people will be out there on the tour because they outworked other people. Um, some people will be out there, uh, you know, because they maybe didn't weren't born with natural ability and, and maybe didn't outwork everyone, but maybe they played just a bunch of other sports. And so through that, they um, like, like in young, a girl I coached for a few years, I Kim, she won a major. Um, and she was like a, you could see right away this girl, she was a black belt in like jujitsu or whatever it was in Korea, whatever her, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was judo or jujitsu or whatever. But you could just kind of see by the way she swung the club and, and you know, the way she moved. And, and it was like you just knew that it was like, okay, she's been trained in a different area. And, and it translated right away to golf, the focus. And 
you know, and it was yeah. so, so for her and for, yeah, a lot of those players, I mean, focus, um, competitive yeah. nature, those kind do of you, things. Is that kind of like, do you know, tips the scale? Cause I mean, yes, I think yeah. people can work really, really hard, but there's something that is like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it, it has to be some type of a focus or competitive nature, I would guess. Yeah. Um, and looking at, so there were some twins that I spent time with too. We ended up both playing on the LPJ tour, but you know, the one identical twins and the one could just focus a little more, could handle a little more stress and, why that was, I mean, you know, it, it just, one could, ro- you know, could roll off her shoulders a little better. Um, you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, it's bizarre, you know I mean? Even though they're both on tour, one kind of struggled the whole time and one would finish top five in majors. The, the, the last mm-hmm. name was Juan Gluck, Juan Gluck yet. Mm-hmm. And then they end up changing the last name to song, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Kobe, do you, so it kind of leads into like, just, I'm thinking about yeah. stuff what Mark's asking about. And I know um, uh, some, uh, do you know the Bush brothers Bush. from Purdue? They won Scott Bush played with like Tyler. They're Johnson a little younger. Um, so I don't really. Yeah. 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 yeah they're, they're younger than us. They're younger than us. And, and I've got, oh, okay. I work with their dad, uh, the Bush brothers dad. So, but uh, Scott Bush, who played with um, um, Adam uh, Shank yeah. and Tyler Duncan on the team at Purdue, he's just like he he's like I gamed with them every time. It's like we didn't know who was going to yeah. win the tournaments. And Scott, you know, Scott's a great golfer, but he's not a professional golfer now. His brother Sean, who's younger, is you know he's on a Latin American tour and he's trying to aspire to be a professional golfer at the higher level. But he said that. Tyler Dunk, it just he had a like a mentality about it. It was like, look, I'm gonna be on the PJ tour. Like it, but at the <laughs> yeah. time, like Scott's like, whatever, uh-huh. you know, whatever. He goes, I can beat you. He's like, I can beat you. Like, but that's he said that every time yeah. like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be the best. I'm gonna uh, at one time I'm going, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the PGA tour. He, it, even this coach was like, You're full of shit. It's not gonna happen. And it just he kept persevering, isn't it? Is that a mentality you know, like you see with these top uh, players? Yeah. Like they just – they don't ha- – they have a, a lot of them. I mean, uh, I'll tell a quick Drew Brees story. Is One time I was at a Super Bowl party. There were maybe 15 of us up at Purdue, and there were chairs set out at this apartment, and we are just all sitting around watching the Super Bowl. And he had his arm around his future wife, his you know, Brittany, is who he was dating at the time. I'm sitting in a chair. Was with David Woodruff my- next to you too? No, I, I, he was not at this one. I, I know what he, I know he's buddy. No, <laughs> I know he's buddies with Drew. Sorry, that, that was, I mean, every time we're with David Woodruff, he seems to have a Drew Brees story, so I had to, I had to, sorry. He had to throw it in there. Yeah, I know sorry. he's buddies sorry, with him Cole, too, but, um, yeah. no, it's, I, he, uh, He's our neighbor. Lives around the corner, you know. So anyway. yeah, and uh, and uh, no, I know. And and it, so we're watching. I'm watching the Super Bowl, and he's got his arm around Brittany, and I'm with two teammates. And at the time, he was the seventh ranked quarterback in the Big Ten, and he's sitting there looking up at the screen. He's going, Brittany, in a couple years, a few years, honey, we'll be there. 
and we are just rolling our eyes. We are like, like, oh, like, okay, Drew in the Super Bowl, like, ah. and you know, sure enough, junior year, he got a little better, a lot better, and then you know, senior year, a lot better, and mm-hmm. you know, look where he is now. I mean, but you're right, it is a self belief um, for a lot yeah. of those guys. But then there's always the other side of the the coin where there are people like you know, uh, trying to think of a good example, like, yeah, you know, uh, there are plenty of examples out there. Like, ah, I don't, we'll just see how good I get. And, you know, I'll just kind of hit this ball yeah. and see if it goes in the hole. And I don't really well, want to play on the tour. Wow. Like to, I think Tony Finau, I feel like said that he's like, well, he didn't really, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of example, but there are plenty of people who are, well, Ray, hey, dude, Fowler yeah. is a great example of a guy who likes like I eh, used to like just like racing motorbikes and stuff, but picked up yeah. golf clubs. And next thing you know, I, I guess I was pretty good at it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. And then like, they're on the okay. tour. You're like what? Yeah, yeah. It right? really yeah. wasn't like a like a like a you know. I think it of the movies like Rudy. Yeah. Right. It wasn't right. even his first passion. He, he was exactly. like a punk dude with a shaggy haircut. Yeah, and see if I was can riding, okay. riding motorbikes. I was like, yeah, I play golf too, whatever. You know, yeah, yeah no, I get it. And but yeah, and, the, and there's probably plenty of other guys. And I, I mean, not to, I'm not saying that you, but you talked about your story about yeah. you know we opened up the conversation about how you woke up before school and chipped in your backyard, played a few holes, yeah. and like oh, yeah. it was one of these things that like you were like you basically couldn't get a club out of your hands, and you tried <laughs> so hard and. You've obviously, I mean, you've gotten analytical, you've written books and that kind of things, but like something still didn't necessarily tip the scale for you to be able to win on tour and, and continue right. to per- proceed at that level, right? To, for, for, you know, tournament play, for a professional oh, for sure. tournament play. And so you're, you're right. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint. And I'm glad we talked about this a little bit. It's yeah. so hard to pinpoint. Like, what is the differentiator? Man, where was that? Well, no, no, it's so true because I spent, no, it's so true. Yeah, it's, but it's, and that's where I spent, <laughs> I spent what, I'm joking. 10, I'm 15 totally years joking. of my life trying to figure out why people make it and what is the key. Why, and, you know, if I knew then what I know now, like us all, I have, a, I feel pretty confident that I could at least optimize my personal potential yeah. a little better you know and see where that's it yeah but do you but you think it's kind of i think it's like it, it levels at a lot of sports like golf is like right you can't teach a yeah. hundred mile an hour yeah. fastball in baseball yeah you can't teach a 330 so it's like it takes a, a minimum level of talent it takes it's a not. minimum level of work ethic and then then it's just kind of like random almost you know there because there's always that other side there whatever you think it's like well you know oh that guy you got to have this kind of work ethic well then there's the guy like john daly and ernie ells that would they'd be out to the bars until you know have 20 beers like the night before tournament like okay you just shot 62 like okay so it's not that (laughs) then all right is it you know is it talent well there's tons of talented people that can't handle the pressure like well then it's you know, I mean, it's just, it's like, a yeah. you go, weird. It's like, it's like Gary Woodman when he won U.S. Open. Like yeah, that's true. He finally right. worked on his short game. I mean, yeah. the guy, incredible, incredible ball striker. 
He's like, uh, oh, last <laughs> I year. Did Jim, that's right. I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, that's all you had to do? Joe went a major? Well, but I think to your point, Colby, I'm sure there's people that kind of figure out something somewhere along the lines and that that's the trigger and it gets them to the next level or whatever it is. Um, And I, I I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the cool parts about sport in general is that I think there um, there's always natural talent, but there's also drive and um, yeah. Um, and then there's the, the analytical side of it as well. And sometimes we learn a little bit too late. You know, I think we all, like you were kind of alluding to, I think anybody with anything we do, if we knew then what we know now, we'd be like, oh, yeah, right. I'd be like yeah, crushing gonna, it right now or whatever. Right, right. You know? So, um, which uh, it, it's fun to reflect at times. It's also frustrating to reflect at times, but um, I get oh, it. Yeah. You, and what's what's cool, though, in is that you've still been able to make a, a cool career out of your passion. And I think that's, that's what I think we all try to strive for. Right. I mean, and, and even John and I, we've, we've made great careers out of what we do. He does finance stuff. I do marketing things, but at, at night we've freaking moonlight as amateur golf podcasters, you know, just for fun. I love it's it. like, it's. Yeah. And you know what? In, Cole, we we didn't get to stand wherever you were at with yeah. Hank Haney and Tiger at yeah. Were you at Major? Yeah, was hanging out. He was hanging out with Tiger at Augusta, dude. Come on, it's good stuff. That's incredible. Well, hey, one you know, that's incredible. One one last question to wrap up kind of the bulk of our our interview here. If you were to give an amateur let's just say hey you know you're you're a social member here at, at the chatham club as well um which hopefully we can play are you open saturday morning i know for some I, golf i uh i let me double check but okay. if, if it's up to me i absolutely can't so i gotta check okay. with the boss no, i got i got a 9 <laughs> a.m tea time with a spot we, i'm playing with my brother-in-law you oh, right nice. now and then all right possibly, let me check okay possibly a fourth maybe john hold on Hold on, it, I'll, I'll back oh, up. Oh, look, if, see, John, <laughs> John's got a noon tea time with these other time. guys in some big money game, but uh, <laughs> but he'll he'll come play with you if you join us at the nine a.m. tea time on Saturday morning. So anyway, um, but before we get, I want um, so for all of the amateur golfers that listen to this shitty podcast, what is the number one thing they can work on this spring to make sure that they've got a good season ahead of them? Number one thing and that's so funny because it's so individualistic because i know it is but but you know but you know yeah for the majority of people yes on their swings okay if you just if you just want one thing on your golf swing is to to get the club on plane and and if you don't know what that is kind of google a basic concept for the plane and and it's like then the next question is well how do you get the club on plane because if the club's on plane it swings down and the ball, it, it's, it's swinging straight at the target. If it's above the plane, the club is swinging to the left of the target. If it's under the plane, then the club's swinging out to the target. So if the club is on plane, it, it has a good chance of going where you want. Yeah. Would, okay. Are you talking about like five fundamentals of golf, Ben Hogan 
have the window. Yeah, like basically, like, yeah, and, and really even from with that window, um, the plane from waist high to waist high. Get it, get it on plane. So generally, and so being around Tiger, if if he had a wrist injury, then he would kind of use his if his wrist was hurting, he'd use his like back and his shoulder to kind of tilt and and put the club on plane. If his back was hurting, he'd move it down a little more with his hands and his arms. And so the how and how, you know, how do you get it there? It's kind of like, look, if you can just, you know, swing the club on plane and, and Hmm. if you get the club on plane, the body will kind of get to where it needs to be. And it's just nothing more than focusing on the club that that's helped the most people over time. In my experience, just don't worry about, you know, it's like, well, where should my elbow be? All right, put the club kind of like this imaginary plane of glass, if you will, like a windshield wiper. And yeah. if the club's there, things kind of fall in place. So that'd be swing. After yeah. that, um, chip. If you can, it's the more you can chip, uh, if you just want one thing, because chipping will, will blend into your, to your ball striking. So if you're hitting your chip solid, you know, then – and chip enough, then you'll hit your pitches solid. And then if you're hitting your pitches solid, the full swing is just a little more kind of turn on both yeah. sides. I um, agree with that. Yeah. So, so that would be if you want to just shoot, get the club on plane. If you know what I love, a lot of I people love the plane. I love the plane point. So, John and I were talking last night, just mm-hmm. kind of prepping for this conversation a little bit. And we were, um, we were talking, we brought up 86 with Jack, and we brought up Arnold Palmer, and we brought up Trevino, and we, I mean, you, you want to talk about goofy freaking golf swings, right? <laughs> but one but one thing all these old fuckers did is they did. They put the, they got the club on plane, right? And they delivered the club. And and uh, you know, in the same way. It's it, it, you there's very few gym the that that, right. that that take the plane and they put it all over the freaking place. But most of these guys end up doing Exactly what you said. Get the club on plane and try to deliver that sucker. That's awesome. I love that tip, Col- Colby. If 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 you if you come out and golf and you see like Mark's got a pretty swing, I have. It's mechanic. No, <laughs> I have, dude, he's the mechanic. Work, though, get it in the hole. Here's the thing. Away. He's, but he's mechanic. He's the mechanic. Away. It, it, it's out one of the most mechanical I get swings you'll see. But he finds a way to to take that club back on a plane and then deliver it. And it, 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 I agree with you. At least you got a chain. It's, it's, it's it's a hard concept to get your head around. It's, but like, dude, I could tell you, I mean, I know you're what the plane. Yeah. It's hard for people to get their head around that though. But like, Hey, Hey, do me a, do me a favor. Send me what you think the best image is to like kind of illustrate like the golf plane. Cause I'll share when I, when I push this out through like social media, I'll share that image too. So share that. Cause I I may go with the, yeah, the five fundamentals. I mean, yeah, yeah, the Hogan swing. I mean, it's just from, yeah. Grab an image and text that to me. Cause I'll share it as we push this out. All right. So, we're going to do a quick nine. Thank you for that. That's awesome. We're going to do a quick nine questions with Colby here. Um, CPG does, you know, an emergency <laughs> nine on his podcast, but we, we do a quick nine um, because John and I are about pace of play. Um, all right. So you ready for this? I, yes. I did not send you these questions ahead of time, by the way. So, okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. 
what's your low round and where? 63 at Hickory Stick. Okay, when was that? Uh, it was, uh, maybe, maybe six years ago, but, uh, yeah. What about like in a, uh, was that in a competitive round or just like a a casual round? No, casual round, um, with, uh, yep. Don Essig and yep. Yeah. Quick nine. Quick nine. Who's already going on a quick nine? You're going on a quick. First thought would be Tiger Woods. Yeah. Okay. Easy one. Uh, How many hole in ones do you have? Three. Three. Uh, That's great. Uh, How many rounds of golf do you play a year? Oh, lately, not very many. Maybe ten. Maybe ten. Okay. Yeah, you're. Yeah. I, every professional we've interviewed on the show at this point, uh, golf pro, whatever, you know, has been like, uh, yeah, if I get out, I'm lucky. Um, <laughs> we get it. You're busy. You, I'm sure you'd love to play more. Uh, Absolutely. Music, music on the golf course, yes or no? Um, yes. I, I'm a. I'm a. I would be. You know, 90% of the time, yes. Okay, good. How about gambling on the golf course? Big money or just enough to make it interesting? Uh, just enough to make me nervous. I like it. <laughs> uh, like 25 your... cents anymore. <laughs> <laughs> how's your punch-out game? And are you concerned <laughs> the 747 swing fat system will be the next big thing? I love I love Club Pro Guy. He is hysterical. Yes, I need to work on my punch outs. I mean, I'm not elite in the punch out category <laughs> like Club Pro elite. Guy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you need to watch a few more of his videos. Yes. Um, compared to your patented training <laughs> aid that you have, what is the most bullshit training aid on the market? <laughs> um besides mine no mm-hmm. <laughs> no mine's like yeah, a rubber band you. that went on the hands that, that was uh but <laughs> um oh my gosh i love club pro guys uh rendition of the of the standalone putter i mean i maybe <laughs> maybe have you seen that one the maybe it's good <laughs> yeah, yeah he does what i mean i don't know if that's a training aid though really but yeah <laughs> it's just a stupid golf is. item yeah it's like the square strike wedge it's about as good as that. right yes the square strike wedge yeah. yes um, um yeah, and- like, yeah. do you remember what the bumper sticker was on your car in high school uh I'd rather be driving a Titleist or the uh, – was it the No Fear? Was it the, which well, one? I know you have the No Fear, but uh, I was thinking of the I'd rather be driving a Titleist, which, oh, uh, that's which hilarious. was always funny because I remember uh, somehow being behind you on the way to the course or something like that and seeing that <laughs> sticker on your uh, – sticker on the bumper of your car. So always thought that oh, was funny. My. Oh, that's hilarious. Too good. And John added – so we'll, we'll do a 10th hole – um, just for fun or a 19 hole, if you will. But do you have a favorite cocktail or adult beverage? I like uh, Captain Morgan and Coke. So a little rum and Coke oh, is kind of my simple rum and Coke. Favorite. All right. Yeah. I like it. Very good. Very good. That's uh keep you're keeping like it classic. It. I like that. <laughs> well, Colby, oh, um, hilarious. Uh, we really appreciate your time. And, oh man, enjoy um, it, Mark. In, and insight, yeah. and uh, we would love to have you on again. Like we said, uh, get you down to maybe John Simulator, and we, we may then maybe do some type of a live 
feet or something like that, do some little kind of uh, lessons from uh, from the the faded golf studio, if you will. Love it. And um, love it. We'll do that, and hopefully we can get you out uh, this Saturday morning and have yeah. a little game. We'll play for you know like a twenty five cent Nassau just to sounds good. Make just sure you're comfortable. You yeah, yeah, just enough <laughs> to make you nervous. Um, but uh, John, do you have anything else to add? Enjoyed it, John. Uh, yeah, take no, care of those uh, Westfield awesome. players up there, will you? Crack that whip on them, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah, at this I point. Know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who knows, right? It'll be man, next year. Oh, too too oh, crazy. Too crazy. Well, with that, gentlemen, uh, really appreciate your time. And um, everybody, go out there more green. You will score better. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, guys. Yeah.